Welcome to the Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Tackling some of the biggest issues in men's mental health. Today's episode is sponsored by Kite.cc. Nick is here, the owner. Founder, is that right, Nick? Yeah, one of the founders, yeah. One of the founders. All right, big tab. <laughs> Nick's really kindly sponsored the episode because he knows really cool bit. So I said, look, why don't you get yourself down, come and talk to us about Kite and kind of pass it on to you a little bit, really, Nick, if you want to tell us about this new exciting cycle apparel company that's based in Yorkshire. Yeah, sure. So like you mentioned, Kite with a Y is an independent cycling apparel brand that we launched last year. So named after red kites. Which oh yeah, you see them all the time. <laughs> yeah, so reintroduced that 20 years ago into Yorkshire. So you see them everywhere when you're out on the bike. That's clever. And then Kite with a Y, because obviously you got Yorkshire at its heart. Yeah, and the idea is, I guess, both me and the other co-founder, Dan, both super passionate about cycling yeah. and cycling apparel. So my background's on the marketing side. So we're big sports brands like Adidas, Reebok, New Balance over the years, and then Dan comes from a manufacturing side, so he's ex-Umbro and into his sort of sublimation and sort of the technical product side of things. And yeah, so last year we were kind of brainstorming and thinking what we could do and yeah, just decided to create our own brand, I guess, and create some some cycling gear that we really wanted to wear ourselves. And that was kind of the starting point, I guess. It's already got a good reputation with some people that I know. And I think he said something about that. Some cycle stuff's just generic, but yours is different. Yours is... Yeah, so everything's made to our own specs, so yeah. or Dan's own specs, so using all the best sort of Italian premium fabrics, okay. completely designed to to how we want it, and that's from years of buying premium brands and trying different products, and yeah, wanting to develop our own because we think we can actually compete with you know some of those top brands that are out there, whilst being in Yorkshire and, and the North as well, and still being passionate about riding in the North. So yeah. bring it back to the North. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Too many of these Southern brands at the moment. Fucking. Yeah, heavy. that's it. And for us, I mean, obviously, yeah, if you want to ride around Richmond Park and, and do that on a weekend, that's fine. But for us, you know, it's like the North and Yorkshire would be the, yeah. the best place to ride your bike. And that's what's inspired us to get out there and do it and to create products that we want to wear and to be a bit bold as well in terms of the the design and the aesthetics. So you know, a lot of people want to ride around in black or muty colours, which is fine, but you know, it's not not the safest and no. not necessarily the coolest either. So we wanted to do some bold designs, get some cool designs out there and yeah, just, just give it a go if you like. And you've got a code of you today as well? Yeah, so we just actually dropped a new collection live today, which is inspired by the Renault team of the late 70s and early 80s. Obviously, Le Monde, you know, and I was watching Vignon. that last night on Netflix. Yes, yeah, absolutely fantastic. That drops today and we've got a code for any users who want to get hands on some of the new gear. It's GRIT. So G-R-I-T, yeah. you know, for 20% off. Oh, GRIT. And you get 20% off anything on Kite's. Yeah, it's kite.cc, the website. Great stuff. Well, look, Nick, thank you so much for bobbing down. It's great to see another brand, especially from Yorkshire, trying to make their mark. I know you know the guys at Pryor, who I'm helping out a bit. So there's plenty of food to go around uh, for good original brands. Guys, keep your eyes open for kite.cc. Nick, thank you. Uh, thank you. Cheers, guys. Hello, welcome back. It's episode nine of series two. Been away for a bit, had a break, feeling refreshed, feeling hot today. It is hot as fuck so today really excited i'm joined by another donny soldier shout out connor swift my boy rico franco but he's not from italy he's your dad's from portugal portugal yeah portugal mate it's an absolute honor to have you because um it's not often i get proper excited to meet someone but i was like oh you know i was watching snatch thinking uh, you know what's that famous scene with um brick top i don't care if he's muhammad i'm our bruce lee you can't change fighters <laughs> <laughs> 
that was a good I actually thought I was in the film then kept thinking about that but look mate thanks for coming no worries uh, yeah done a bit of research on you because I like to have a look at people and like I'm interested in the story and I'm especially interested in you because you're using triathlon you're mixing it up with your training which is now bare knuckle you've dipped your toes in MMA I listened to the James English podcast the other day yeah and he talked about when you were a kid at school you said you weren't naughty but you were I think you kind of reminded me a bit of yourself you weren't an awful person a bad person but just cheeky yeah is that what you would exactly. say? Exactly. Yeah. I was just mischievous and getting in the wrong crowd and stuff, but I was always a bit, you know, naughty and but I was always polite, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I was always respectful and I wasn't doing it in a way to like hurt people. I was just a not a bit of a naughty kid. I just got distracted easy. Do you know what I know exactly what you mean? If you wouldn't be rude to a teacher just deliberately, yeah, but no. you'd probably take the piss. But I'd throw things at the board and <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> throw chairs about and yeah. <laughs> um from Doncaster? Yeah, Gainsborough, just near Doncaster, yeah. What was it like growing up in Doncaster? What was your child? Sorry to do generic questions like your child, but it is interesting. Yeah. And for people who don't know, it does form the story behind Rico. Yeah. yeah, it was all right. I was just a normal kid, really, just really active, sporty, yeah. always on the go. Yeah. Never still. I'm always, I was always get bored quick, so I just find always something to do. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So always out playing football, doing swimming. Yeah. I was a big swimmer when I was young, and then I went out and played footy for years. Yep. Then eventually, by the end of school, I was coming out of football, just getting into boxing. And that was where it started, really, end of school. And then boxing, was it kind of like, you know, when we've had some people on in the past and they talk about they did a lot of different sports, like I did as well, and you find your calling. Was it just like a light bulb moment and you're like, nah, this is what I need to start doing. This is me. Yeah, definitely. I started off boxing and I thought, this is, I really enjoy this. Yeah. I feel quite comfortable. And I had this coach from Gainsborough. I actually started in Gainsborough just every Sunday in this gym and he was like, come to a gym in Retford. And I was yeah. a bit nervous. That's workshop, like, isn't it? Is that workshop? Yeah, it's like, no workshop. Yeah. And I was a bit nervous of going and, you know, I was just like, are you sure I'm good enough? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you're definitely, you know, it was only like doing bag work. So I went to Retford. I was going there three times a week. And then I just got the bug from then. I want driving a rope, so I was getting a lift from this guy from Gainsborough to Retford and three times a week. And I just wanted to go every day, but he couldn't. I was trying to find a gym nearby. Eventually, nearly a year after, there was an MMA gym in Gainsborough in the leisure centre. I tried a session up there. I wasn't keen on the grappling, but I tried a session and that was it. Every day I was just, I was obsessed. And that's where it started, like the MMA, yeah. So I was working on a few different disciplines, kickboxing, boxing, grappling, wrestling, and just putting it all together. And how old were you then? I must have been about 16-ish. Because that's at the age where, I don't know I don't know about you, but 16 is when you first maybe start drinking. Yeah. And you start being a bit of a twat. Yeah. Hanging around street corners. and Was there any of that in Gainsborough? Were you ever tempted to kind of like be a bit of a bad lad or were you just always, no, this is really what I want to kind of get into now? And I'm... Yeah, so... The people I hung around with at school, they probably went in that kind of route. But then, because I was doing it um, I was, on the last couple of years of school, I was boxing. I was just getting my head down. I didn't even go to my school prom. I just I went boxing instead. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, well, why are you not going? I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't interest me. No, I've got boxing that. to do. No, so I get it. I get it. I was training on day. Yeah. So like, it was just, I just got obsessed with it. And I had a social life, but not like... I wasn't going out all the time with mates. I would just hit the gym, like, just every day. Because that, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really drink. I didn't really do much. I just, you know what I mean? I didn't really have a party life. 
people like to go to the pub when they was 18 and stuff, but never did that. I just wasn't really my thing. <laughs> yeah, similar to me, really. I was very much kind of drinking then kind of came later. I was still very much, you know, doing gym and, yeah. you know, obsessed about stuff like that. So you're 16, Gainsborough, you started training, you started doing the MMA, straight into MMA. And then first fight, when was that? Literally just turned 18. I think it was like a day after my 18th birthday. Yep. I was down in Liverpool. I took the fight on about a week's notice as well. I remember you saying yeah. this, yeah. I was training for a good few years, getting ready. And uh, I was pretty fit. I was ready. I wasn't like in amazing shape. Did you lose your first two fights? I lost my first two amateur fights, yeah. Um, Which what... puts most people off, doesn't it? Exactly. The first one was decision, and the second one was like 30 seconds submission. And I'm like really competitive, so I was fuming. And that third win just made everything better anyway, so. And what was that first? Because, you know, doing a first bike race is you are nervous. Yeah. Even doing a triathlon, you're going to be nervous, even though a triathlon's an inferior sport to cycling. I'm only joking. <laughs> before they all start crying. What was that like, that first kind of night before? Were you bricking it? I was more excited the, the day before, but then when we actually got to the venue and everything was like real, that was when it was sinking in. I'll never forget that first fight and the nerves were crazy. I was, I was absolutely shitting it and like just warming up. The adrenaline got over me and I was just, I was like shaking. I was like fucking shitting it. Because I realised, I didn't know I was fighting until I got there and it was this massive Jew said. Yeah, do you reckon he was on Oh, 100%, yeah. You is, is the testing in Bare Knuckle? No, not in Bare Knuckle. And there's not really testing in MMA until you're on bigger shows like Cage Warriors. Are you joking? So anyone could just yeah. be on gear? Yeah, 100%, yeah. I've there fought loads of Jew said's, but... But to be fair, if you're not going to get tested, then why wouldn't you? Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's why they do <laughs> might it. As, might as well get the advantage. That's why they do it up until they get on the big shows and then Cage Warriors, Bellator, then they start testing you, so... Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, really, it's pretty mad. That's fascinating. That like, I don't know if I've ever raced against people that are on gear. I may have done. Yeah, but how does that make you feel knowing that it is a bit intimidating because you think you know well, they're on steroids, they're going to be strong, but then they wear out quite easy. To be fair, do they? Yeah, you can tell when someone's on steroids, can't you? Definitely. Yeah. It's just the shape is just. Yeah, it is. They've always got a few spots, and it's just a bit yeah. abnormal. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can tell, and they have that little rage, don't they? Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> he was like on gear, he was in good shape, quite jacked. I was just like podgy, just like turn up for a scrap. He had a UFC coach in his corner as well, like Terry Etham. And I just looked and I was like, oh, fucking hell. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm in for a night here. He was a gold medalist jiu-jitsu as well, I just found out. So I'm like, he comes into the cage and he was, I was just staring at this big bold guy and I'm like, shit. Quite <laughs> a weight difference was there. I don't think I even seen him weigh in, but I think it was like 77 kg. I didn't really have to cut weight, but he probably cut quite a bit of weight. Yeah. And yeah, it went three rounds and I was, he was just trying to like uh, lay on me on the ground and stuff, but I was rolling out of submissions. My defense game was quite good and I shocked myself like thinking about it. He didn't finish me and you, know, you, was, you went the distance. Didn't yeah, you? I went three rounds, but in the end I was still mad because I'm competitive and I just hate losing. So I went back to the gym and I was just like, right, next fight, let's, we're having it. And then, Second fight, I lost in 30 seconds. Submission, I got... I didn't really know 100% what I was doing. I, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know how to get out of this guillotine. It got me in and I just like... You what, a guillotine? A guillotine, yeah. Oh, is that the uh, neck one? Yeah. So when your head's a bit bent, it just pulls on your neck and yeah. You have to tap out? Yeah. So I just stormed off, chucked my medal, I was fuming at the time. Because you prepare for that long? Yeah. I can't imagine something that you prepare for for that long just to be taken away from you in 30 seconds. I know, definitely. Bet you didn't sleep that night? No, I was fuming. You have to go for a run or do something because like, where does that energy go after? Exactly, yeah. 
obviously most people just probably it'll make or break them after that a lot of people would probably just quit and think nah this is not for me yeah weird because you get it's a weird feeling while you're fighting if you can't control them emotions game over and then you know the third fight come in and the weight cut went a bit bad for that was <laughs> i didn't want to talk yeah. about cutting weight yeah pretty ruthless my podcast is we talk about weight a lot a lot of cyclists have issues with weight yeah with cycling as you'll know with a bit of traveling you, you have to be skinny yeah you have to be quite an abnormal way to look when you see yourself looks yeah i was never skinny you know you have to watch what you eat you have to be very very lean but you never really have to cut weight so to speak you just always have to be skinny yeah <laughs> you just got to be in that shape all year round all you? year round yeah. you know in the winter you can put on a few that's why it's helping me now in my fight camps because I'm doing the triathlon endurance out of camp. And it's just keeping me lean, keeping me super fit all year round. And then going into fight camp now, it's just lower the endurance, up the intensity, just doing like short, explosive stuff ready for the fight. So, yeah, it's just it's bang on. I ain't got to cut much weight, a couple of kg. So what's the most you've had to cut? <sighs> Probably about 12 kg. <laughs> in how long? A month, two months? Probably about a month, yeah. 12 kg in a month, that's... Is that two stone, two and a half stone? Probably about that, yeah. And how hard was that? Is that... It was a... Re I passed out in the sauna. I passed so out you, coming you, out of the sauna, yeah. Were you doing it with water or or actual calories? Uh, yeah, both, really. Well, I want massive on nutrition. I was just like, you kind of learn as you go on and you don't really know what you're doing. You just... You cut the carbs and sugar out and you kind of do it in a wrong way. You kind of do it all at once instead of gradually. Yeah. A lot of people do, like, extreme weight cuts. And obviously, it gets to like the last week. I've still got five kg, no, six kg, probably. You're fucking me, yeah. Because it's day before weighing, so you can cut a lot of water weight and then refuel. Yeah, for yeah. Twenty four. See hours. people going saunas and heaters and on yeah. bikes in the hallway. So my worst cut, the last cut was to sixty six kg featherweight. This was going back years ago in my amateur career. I don't know why I was cutting this much for an amateur fight, but it's just what you just do. It's just you do that. I don't know why, but I can remember I weighed seventy two when I had to weigh sixty six. And I woke up that morning, 72. In a day? Yeah. Straight in the sauna at 7 o'clock in the morning. And my weighing in was about 1 o'clock. So that was all water? Pretty much. Mostly water, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... Fuck, I'm just staggered by People that. People can do like 8. Like Darren Till, he's crazy at doing weight cuts. That's why he was like... It's not dangerous. Yeah, it's, it is quite dangerous. If you're not doing it properly and you don't hydrate properly, it is dangerous. It's not good for your body. Is it like being in here? Yeah, it's red hot. It's like a sauna. <laughs> I'll be I'll be five kilo lighter <laughs> when I come out of here. <laughs> what? Um, and then how much do you put on after the the night before? You probably put on like another six kilo again. Fuck! It's, it's pretty mad. It's, no wonder my bars are removed. <laughs> it's probably messed my stomach up doing all like the binge because like you do extreme weight cut and then you binge eat when you've had your fight and it's just always been the fight of life. You have your extreme yeah. weight cut, yeah, yeah. you do a load of binge eating and it just messes you up, Sounds really. Sounds a bit like me. To be <laughs> um, I do want to get round to your, because uh, you managed to fight one, well, not your idol, but someone you massively looked up to, Jimmy Sweeney. Yeah. Who, at the time, was the champion. What was that like to get that call to, you know, you hadn't been in the game that long, really, had you? No. To get that call up, it's a bit like Hartlepool Town playing... What, Man United? Yeah, exactly, yeah. How did, you know, what the fuck was all that about? It was pretty crazy, you know, like, Jimmy Sweeney was the, the king of the sport, and he was like the main man of the whole BKB, and as soon as I heard about it, it was like Jimmy Sweeney, and I was like, okay, no, this guy's fucking unreal. He's like a big Irish gypsy, he's the man of the sport, he's got a good style, he's like 20-0. Is he gypsy? 
Yeah, it's big Irish gypsy. So does yeah. he do those online videos on YouTube? <laughs> no, I don't think he does. But what do you make to those guys? Do you reckon they're just mad as fuck? Or like... yeah, it's probably uh... like they don't give a fuck, do they? No, nah, they don't. They don't really. It's in the blood, isn't it? Just having a good old straightener. But you get a lot of gypsies now. They don't. They just use weapons, so it's not really. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not really like the the ones in Ireland. They're the proper ones. Are they? Yeah, I think they are. Do you know what I mean? Like. They want a good old straightener because you don't get many around here that would settle it with a fight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They just probably just use weapons. And did he bring a lot of fans to the to the stadium? Was it intimidating? No, because I probably bought just about the same or more. To be fair, don't really intimidate me fans. It probably gives me more fuel. Yeah. But yeah, to fight Jimmy Sweeney was crazy. I think it was um, when they released. They're going to do an eight man tournament. If you win the whole tournament, you get to fight Jimmy Sweeney for the world title at the end. And that was just in my head through the whole thing, like. I looked past everyone in the tournament and thought, Jimmy Sweeney's he's getting it. So I was like, right, just to fight him is going to be pretty crazy. And to beat him is even crazier. <laughs> Talk us through how you beat him. Yeah, so my fight camp went really well. I had a damaged hand for the whole tournament, but that Yeah, repaired. you broke it or something. Yeah, yeah. I broke my hand. Well, a bit, really bad ligament damage as well. But it finally uh, got on the mend again. It's never going to be 100%, but I can fight with it. But yeah, to fight Jimmy, like the whole fight camp went perfect and... It was just the visualisation every day, waking up, just visualising, like, just the walkout in the changing rooms. The whole fight was going over in my head, like, loads of times. When I was fighting him, it felt, I can't believe this is, like, happening. This is, like, a dream come true. It's like I was sparring. Yeah. I thought this is getting too easy, like, in the second round. Did he knock you down or something? So I got a bit too comfortable, confident in the second. I was just picking them shots. I caught him with two big shots. And I thought, I'm going to be finishing him soon. Then um, I got a bit confident throwing some shapes and then he, uh, he dropped me. I overextended a right hand. I knew what I did wrong and yeah. playing around, you can't play around in bare knuckle. One little second switch off, you're going to get knocked down. He knocked me down and then he tried to rush in going again and he knocked me down a second time and then we had a bit of a scuffle Then the bell went again and that was it, I had to recover quick. My recovery went really quick to be fair. Because you get 20 seconds, don't you, yeah. in bare knuckle? Yeah, you get a 20 second count instead of a 10 which is, you know, a bit better and just because of the impact. But our recovery was really good because I was, like, really fit at the time. So after a minute break recovery, I was back in the game again and was just jab for jabbing in the fourth just to get a feel for it again. Yeah. And by the fifth, I was, like, ready back to normal again. I won every round, definitely, except the third, obviously. You got a good 10-7 round, but every other round since then was definitely mine. And um, how much prize money was it? For the tournament, it was a 10,000. 10, yep. But for Jimmy, you just get a you know, straight purse, but it varies all the time, you know. It's not mega bucks, is it? It's not what people no, think. No, it's not what you think, no. How does that make you feel? Do you think it deserves to be... Yeah. Because you spoke about that on your other podcast, about how the uh, people love watching fighting. Yeah. So why is it not taken to BKB yet? Or, or is it? Is it still in its infancy? Is it still growing? Still growing, definitely. It's, it's got massive in the past two, three years, BKB. Ours is obviously the biggest show in Europe and it's, yeah. and it's huge, but, you know, it's still getting bigger and bigger like every day, you know. There's a lot of people still don't realise it's like legal, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If someone asked me, I'd just say I'm a pro boxer. It's just easier. But yeah, because people look yeah. horrified. Yeah, it's just got that bad name for it. It does, yeah. Well, you just think snatch, you yeah. just think illegal. You just think hay bales, don't you? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you say, oh, I'm a bare knuckle fighter, I just hate explaining myself. 
Yeah. Because they'll, they'll just think, you're a bear, you think you're hard or something, or you're in the hay bales. I'm like, listen, <laughs> it's professional. It's at London 02. So it's not like, yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. a bloody idiot. <laughs> but yeah, it's mad. So you won against Jimmy Feeney, Jimmy Feeney, Jimmy Sweeney. <laughs> but it hasn't all been kind of plain sailing. In 2014, your mum passed away. Yeah. Which was really difficult for you. Yeah. yeah. And I remember you saying how you deal with the loss. You keep yourself busy. Yeah. And you find that fighting helps with that. Is that a fair assessment, would you say? Was that Definitely, a tough yeah. time? Yeah. Obviously, for the first, I'd say the first four to five years-ish. You know, maybe I'd say four years. I was struggling bad. I didn't really know how to deal with it or use it. Yeah. But now, obviously, time goes on. You learn to deal with it. And I'm just using it as fuel, really. And, you know, every fight, I just do it for me mum now and it's like just gives me motivation so it's always in the back of me just thinking I'm going to make her proud and but yeah the first four years was solid I didn't really know what to do I was just fighting for the sake of it and just getting myself ill I was just too ill all the time with I had obviously ulcerative colitis I had yep. a disease as well so I was kind of battling both things at the same time it really because I wrote this down in a couple of letters uh, yeah illness and I underlined it and I've put that feeling of being fucked 24-7 because I know what that's like. Yeah. Because I had pneumonia. Oh, really? And I, uh, I basically had to quit. And I kept on trying to come back too quickly. Yeah. And I used to keep a, like a diary. It's the worst time in my life because it's taken away from you. You don't have a choice. And I just couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. I couldn't even get out of a car door. To get out of a car was really hard work. You know, just constantly being fucked, that feeling. Yeah. Horrible. So when you said to me, everything you've been through, because stuff in what a hospital you had, and you had uh, like pipes down your throat. Yeah, pipes in me, in my stomach, in my throat. Oh, it was horrendous. I thought I was definitely dying. How long did that go on for? I've had colitis for about 10 years. It only really got severe when my mum passed away, probably seven years. Right. So obviously stress makes things and diseases worse. And that's when they only diagnosed me properly a good eight years ago. But I, I had the Simpsons for another good two years before that, and the doctors didn't do anything about it. They just kept saying I had IBS. Until I got a camera, there was just like, yeah, it's severe ulcerative colitis. And it was just like so inflamed. There's no ridges in the colon. It was just pure red inflamed. Oh. And like, you know when you get ulcers in your mouth, it's just full of them yeah. all in there. And it did look like some out of a horror movie. Because you're allowed to see the camera as well. And then obviously it got me straight on some treatments. I was allergic to the first three treatments. I had like heart information. They treated me as a, for an heart attack at one point. I thought I was dying on that. So that went on for a good solid eight years, back and forth, like pff, hospitals all the time. I was on chemo drip four hours in the morning and I'd go straight to Leeds to sparring later and uh, shit like that. But you just no, don't care in the yeah, moment, no, Yeah, nothing matters. It's just, I never really used to say it to anyone because I just used to deal with it. It's not really a thing I'd just be saying about until, you know, now. It's like you're looking back and thinking, what was I doing? <laughs> I wasn't listening to my body. I was just pushing through it, you know, pushing that strain and everything in that body. And it just makes you worse, I suppose. God, <laughs> the recovery to come through that. Because, again, not only you losing your first two fights, but I would say probably that more cracks you because you yeah. always constantly think you're ill. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> you, yeah. You, you just think, oh, God, am I ever going to get fit? What's the point of fighting this guy if I can't breathe properly? You know, if I train too hard, am I going to get ill? Every day when you come home with a sore throat, you just crack yourself constantly, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I can remember, like, most of my fights, obviously, even Danny, he was telling me, you know, you sure you want to fight? And I just used to fight, and I never used to make colitis was an excuse if I lost, you know. 
I can remember just warming up for most of my fights and rushing to the toilet, shitting blood, you know, oh, cramping. Like, I was warming up, and every two minutes I'd run to the toilet, come back, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to shit myself in, in the ring, in, yeah. the, in the cage. Luckily, I've never did that, but, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was crazy. It's really tough when you get ill. I don't think people realise how much it takes out of you. No. How hard it is, because it's more in your mind. Yeah. Like people go on about this long COVID, and if you've had COVID, and I bet that's really fucked with some athletes' head, like, oh, can I breathe properly? If you're a swimmer or if you're a cyclist or something. Yeah. And then if things couldn't get worse, last November, you had to go back into hospital again for surgery to basically, what, have your bowels removed? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had my bowels removed. God, it's I'd... just like one thing after the next. It's just insane. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. It, it was about a year ago this month, I started feeling, because I was in remission for a year with colitis, only a year. So after nine years... I was in remission where it was under control with some treatment. After all the biological treatments, none of them worked, but this one just kept it under control for a, a year. That was through the whole tournament. And then after that, obviously lockdown hit. And a year ago, I was doing loads of endurance work, half Ironmans, 100k bike rides, and it started like, losing blood again, cramping. And I thought, oh no, it's coming back. Because I'd been in that good for a year, I didn't think out of it and I took it for granted. I just pushed through training. I was like, ah, oh, no, it'll go away soon. I was just necking like loads of milk and protein. I reckon the milk, dairy, that set it off, but I didn't see it at the time. And obviously the endurance, it was a load of information build up in your body. I just kept going months and months and I was preparing for a fight with Jimmy last September. And obviously it didn't happen because of COVID, but I can remember I've got videos on my phone. I was in hospital with a drip training, still training for a Jimmy fight. Yeah. I went out of a cannula on, out in the road, like doing a bit of running. I was like, what? Just, you, say, you sound just like me. Just thinking about it, I'm like, what, what was I doing? I know, but nothing else matters at the time, does I know, it? yeah. In my mind, I was in fight mode. I was like, yeah. I'm fighting Jimmy in four weeks, and I'm in the hospital on steroid drips. I'm like, Jesus, I need to sort myself out. So it's good that the fight didn't go ahead. Oh, he definitely, yeah. I'd have got killed. <laughs> well, you might have done. Well, they said it was that bad. It was that severe inside. It was either going to turn into cancer or literally going to rupture inside. And if it ruptures, then you're going to get obviously shit coming out into all your organs and you'll probably like die from all like, you'll get another disease, something else. <laughs> so how do you feel now after that? After that, do you feel, do you feel healthy now? Yeah, 100%. You, yeah. You feel great. You don't let it play in your mind. No. Forward, not back. Do you believe in the power of like positive thinking? 100%. I, f I believe in everything happens for a reason. And I believe I've had that surgery for a reason and now I kind of know why because I wasn't really living a proper life because I got ill a good year ago it was three four months obviously weren't allowed to do it because of lockdown but yeah. I was stuck in the house weren't allowed out I couldn't do anything with my missus couldn't go out anywhere was that a tough time was that yeah that was one of the toughest times after my mum passing this was like the hardest time obviously lockdown everyone's there's a lot of mental health going on never been bigger but yeah, you don't I yeah. wouldn't say you suffer from depression per no. se no 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 I can kind of control it where you know obviously some days you have bad days but I was quite severely depressed obviously leading up to surgery constantly ill I had about 10 admissions and then I kept avoiding surgery they kept saying look give me another treatment nothing were working every time I'd come out of hospital for a week I'd I'd be rushed back in again yeah, like yeah. oh it was horrendous and that's not that <sighs> would crack me more yeah. than losing a fight Oh, it's out your hands. Yeah. It's out your hands. I just couldn't do anything. My missus were like stressed, worrying about me. It was a bad time, to be honest. You know, we couldn't do anything. And there's me just saying, like, I'm going to try this diet. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try fasting. Nothing was doing nothing. It just got that too bad. 
too quick. And uh, the last time I got admitted, they just says, look, it was like three in the morning. I was on loads of drugs. They just said, oh, all these surgeons rushing in woke me up and said, like, you need surgery right now. I'm like, what? Again? The fuck? <laughs> crazy. Just, you couldn't make this up. No, honestly. When I think back, it's like, how am I still here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mentally. Very strong. You're very stoic. Yeah. You know, these times make you stronger, but just when everyone's rushing in saying you need your bowels removed, I'm like, listen, I'm... I've just started my career off properly. Yeah, yeah. I've got like my whole life ahead of me. Bowels removed, but does that mean you can still eat normally and shit? Yeah, I've, so it's the whole large bowel removed. So basically, what they've done is attached the small intestine, and it's called a stoma, yeah. and it's just popping out your stomach a few inch. Yeah, and that's where the you know the the poo comes out of into the alostromy bag. Yeah, yeah, and all you do is just empty it every day and just change it whenever you need to. Yeah, sound. But to be fair, I'm getting on so well with it. I don't even know it's there now. Good. Amazing. But when, obviously, they said you need surgery or you're going to die, I was just like... Cheers for that. I kind of stopped and I just broke down. I was like, my whole career's done. I thought, you know, when you just laid in hospital, like, drugged up, you just think all sorts. My missus couldn't see me. My family couldn't see me because of COVID. So I was on my own, just stuck there. And I wasn't answering any calls. I was just, I was in a bad place. But after a good week in there, just thinking, you know, and... Having people ringing me, just trying to be positive, and then Danny rings me saying, you can still fight. I've seen a guy in America, boxes, still fights. You get the groin guard above it. As soon as I started looking into that, I was like, oh, wow, yeah. I can still fight again. That's amazing. And that was it. It just kind of switched. I'm like, right. And it's not it. an issue now in fights. You can protect no. it and stuff. Yeah. The only thing I can't probably do is MMA. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you don't really get punched down there anyway. Yeah, yeah. so the yeah. groin guard comes above the stoma and the bag, which is perfect. I can... You know, it's, it'll be a good cushion and blocks. Um, but MMA, obviously, you get grappling, kicking. I'm definitely going to find a way to fight MMA again. Are you going to go back to that? 100%. I'll find a way of fighting. Danny can get me on a show. And it's just up to the promoters if they'll let someone with an Oshmi bag fight, which is a big... I've never seen... Any, I don't think anyone in the world fights with an Oshmi bag MMA. There's a couple who probably do boxing, but... Which you prefer out of boxing, bare-knuckle and MMA? Which is your... Where does your heart lie, if you had to... Bare-knuckle and MMA, but probably bare-knuckle, MMA. Yeah. Both in one. You can't, <laughs> you can't choose one. Two you, in one. Yeah. Bare-knuckle, MMA. That's one you want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying bare-knuckle at the minute more, to be fair. Just because I'm, you know... I'm at the pound for pound number one at the minute and everything's just going perfect, isn't it? What does pound for pound mean? Because you hear people use this a lot and I'm always like, pretending like I know what it means. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, pound for pound the best. <laughs> it's just pound for pound, so all different weight classes. If you went up to, you'd still be the best. Yeah, it's kind of like you can be a flyweight and a heavyweight and the flyweight might be pound for pound the best, but it's just because of his like record and stuff probably. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, obviously, we left out one spot there, which is triathlon. Yeah. You know, I'm sure people know now that you use triathlon yeah. to your advantage, and it really helps you train. How have you found that in terms of toughness compared to the physical fitness of, of boxing and MMA and bare knuckle? Yeah, it's, it's a lot different, obviously, endurance. There's a lot of endurance, less intense. Because, obviously, when you compete in fighting, it's more intensity, like explosive. Yep. I've done a few sprint triathlons, which is perfect for that because it's like short and fast. But obviously, I wanted to do an Ironman one day, and that's yeah. obviously completely different training. That's going to be a game changer. Do you reckon you'll do one one day? I'm going to do one next year, early My next bastard. year. Definitely, yeah. I've done half an Ironman. That was last lockdown, just before I got ill, and that was raising money for Danny's gym. 
AVT to keep it open. I raised, you know, like three, four grand. Unreal. So I just did half of my Ironman, just no training, no triathlon training at all. I got like five and a half hours. And John, How Watt, do you do the swimming? Because swimming is not easy. I don't care what anyone says. No, uh, it's solid. Uh, obviously, there was nowhere to swim because of lockdown. So I did a, I did it in a run instead. So a run, bike, run again. But to be fair, swimming is one of my strongest points. Is it? Yes. I've swam when I was a kid competitive. Oh, yeah, you said at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy swimming. Yeah, swimming's, I swim quite a lot through the week. I did triathlon for a little bit, but um, I just prefer bike racing. I think bike racing is, yeah. you know, bike racing is a bit like, is a bit like boxing. You just got to knock people out. You just got to drop them. What's it like being knocked out compared to being dropped on a bike? I don't know, have you done any competitive racing where you can't keep up with someone? And um, you're like, oh, fuck, I can't quite, you know, and you, you're trying to hang on and you can't, you're just getting spat. Yeah, I've done a few races on Zwift and stuff. And oh, yeah. Like, obviously, the triathlon. Yeah. The last one was a standard distance. and You just try and hit people if you get dropped, <laughs> if you get spat, you just like. Just start kicking them off the bike. Yeah. People, you know, people are flying past me on bike and I was just like, you know, some of the top end guys. Yeah. Like, I did the swim really well and. Some of the guys, I was just trying to keep up with them. I was, nah, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to burn me son out. But they was on a lot better bikes than me. But just that consistency, training. If I train, you know, I'm obsessed with triathlons now, but I've had to, like, slow down now because I'm in fight mode. But obviously, it was taking over. I was just doing more triathlons than boxing. We'll have to get you out with um, John and Alistair. And, uh, yeah, definitely. We'll to... That'd be... How quick do you think you could do? 1600 meters then swim is it 1600 no it's a kilometer isn't it the swim in olympic distance yeah i think it's 1500 meters yeah because they're doing it in like 70 minutes are they yeah jesus yeah that's great i think it was like 23 i did it in, in that's the, one that's still unreal the, the quickest the, i ever got was half an hour was it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was but i thought even half an hour was a decent time yeah it is yeah it is to be fair people don't realize how hard swimming is no i know it's solid you know i was in a wetsuit i've never never really swam in a wetsuit or in a river yeah. i just jumped in because you've got to lift your head up, haven't you, every now and yeah, then? Yeah, I'm not used either. to that either. And I swallowed loads of dirty water and I was sick in rivers. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to have a, a Coke, Coca-Cola straight after. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what they say. Oh, yeah, I've heard that, actually, yeah. Straight away. And then the run, you're supposed to be able to run after when your legs are just like jelly. Yeah. It's not easy. That last triathlon I did, it was in Weatherby. It was a standard. And I got out of the river. My circulation's bad. My hands and feet were numb completely. I went on the bike. I managed to do the transition all right. Yeah. And it was it was quite cold and windy, and I got back off the bike 40k. My hands and feet were completely white. I couldn't even get the water bottle out because I couldn't grip. Wonder why that is. It's my circulation's been bad to be. Oh, pff, I don't know what it is. My coach Dean's the same. He's he gets it bad, and I was trying to put my trainers on for about three minutes, trying to get. Oh. Me, and no one would help me. I'm like, help me! I can't get them on. I couldn't even grip my hands, but yeah. then I managed to get them on, and I smashed the run. Yeah. So, the triathlon's helping the boxing. Yeah, because you don't yeah. you don't get injured as much, do you, when you have to swim and, and cycle? Yeah, definitely. And obviously, running's just running. How many times a week do you run? Do you reckon? I've just started camp, and uh, I did my first VO two run yesterday, and I was sick. Oh yeah, you said yeah. you got up to one nine six, didn't you? Heart yeah, um, just starting some like really you know intense efforts now. Like we're starting some hills next week with my coach Dean Kirkman. He's he's in the top one percent in the world. Ironman's for his age. He's insane. So. Yeah, my coach, John Wattam, it's his coach, Dean. So he's yeah. like, you know, advanced. Is it every day you're training? Every day? Or do you have a Sunday yeah. off or what? Uh, twice a day I train, yeah. Sometimes three. But it's not going to be like heavy sessions. So my heavy sessions are Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like top end yeah. heart rate stuff. Then in between, like today's just a bit of pad work, maybe a bit of a swim. 
and you know just to recover but active you know just getting them sessions in but i'm training a lot smarter than i did before since lockdown it's taught me to train smarter you know especially after surgery you know thinking i've just overdone it and now i've got my bowels removed that's what most people overtrain to try and justify being full-time yeah they do yeah to fill the time yeah that's what i mean i I was just getting bored during lockdown so i was just training crazy i was training like an idiot and I was just—I've always had that old school thing in me. Just every session, he's got to go balls out, and that's how I've just always been like that. that. No, I've always been, you. yeah. And I've only just started to realise now. Since training with John Wattam, he's taught me to train smarter. Do your fast stuff fast, slow stuff slow. Yeah, I said. definitely, yeah. And uh, since training with Dean, Dean's got me on a program. He's been on it for about twelve weeks now. And that's why I've got so good in twelve weeks, just from training smart on a program. So I've got my boxing camp now. But he's, Dean's filling it in with all these little high-intense sessions. Because so, when's the next fight? It's in the O2, isn't it? Yeah, 14th of August. 14th. And who are you fighting? Jimmy Sweeney again. Again? Re- rematch. Fuck. That's, got, that's uh, the yeah. big one, eh? Yeah, it's a massive fight. Everyone wants to watch it. I was going to come, but even with that discount, the tickets are still expensive, as? Yeah, I think they've gone up a bit, Aren't they? Fair. Yeah. I think lockdown, you know, they're trying to make that money back, probably. God, you'll be but, a sellout, won't it? Yeah, definitely. It's on a stream as well, live stream, probably 15, 20 quid. I do want to come though, because I've got somewhere I can stay. I've never watched Bare in the King's Row tickets, weren't too bad. And I would like to come down and support you, because you come across as such a, you know, I was listening to the podcast yesterday with my mum in the car, and she was like, oh, he doesn't sound like a boxer, he doesn't sound like... Oh, uh, yeah. You are very chilled, you are very composed. You don't seem like one of these flash, No, yeah. erratic... Yeah, I don't get people like that, because... I'm very humble, I think, because of jiu-jitsu yeah. and MMA humbles people where, you know, like you get a skinny guy coming in the gym, looks like nothing, and he'll just push you up in jiu-jitsu and choke you out. And you're like, this is why you've got to be humble. You don't know, you can't judge people and no, no, no. you can't go around acting like an idiot. You've just got to be, just, you know, someone's always better than you. So you've just got to just chill out. And just, it's like the pyramid, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I just enjoy it. I absolutely just enjoy But there's no one better than yeah. you at the moment, though, are there? In bare knuckle, I'm... I'm at the best in the game at the minute and, you know, I just want to just keep getting better. Do you know what I mean? So just keep improving daily. And I think because of the athletes now coming through to BKB, yeah. they're just taking over now. What's his name? I watched a documentary. He went out with a porn star. Tyler Good John. Yeah. <laughs> What's he like? He's an idiot. Is he? Yeah. Because does he smoke weed? Yeah. He smokes weed. How can you do that? And, and Yeah, they just don't test you. I don't, oh, yeah, because you they said? Just don't really, yeah, they don't really do drugs test or out. But... And is he hard? Uh, no, he's a good boxer for boxing. He's all right. He's tough. He's just an idiot. I don't. I don't like him. Would you fight him? I'd fight him, but it'd be a waste of time because I'd knock him out. Would you make him pick his teeth up? Yeah, set them at the dentist. I still, still, if I ever seen him in person, I'd, he'd get a slap. Cause really, he, yeah, he just has he dissed you? Has he? Has he, since, has he? Since I beat Jimmy Sweeney, he was quiet, and then since I beat Jimmy, he started to say shit on Facebook about me, and you know, started to. Just trying to like wind you up, get a big fight out of it, and I was just like, oh, for the money, yeah. So I was just giving him one straight answer back, taking piss out of his porn star missing and stuff. But then he just carried on, and I literally said he kept on going on for ages. I never replied, and then one day I just did an interview. I said, "Listen, if you want to fight me, come to my back garden, we'll have a fight." Like no BKB. If you want to fight me, you, give you're it, that confident, give it you could, mouse. Yeah, you could end him. Same with that Conor Tierney idiot who I knocked out in the semi-finals. Listen, all these geezers. Giving it beans on social media, <laughs> keyboard. Like, I love it because you yeah, just you're yeah. just this Yorkshire guy who's not that asked about Instagram yeah. and being cocky and. Uh, 
Let's mainly use it for sponsors and you know, promotion, but just get down to the working men's club kit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, get behind bins. Do right, yeah. Just, you know what I mean? If someone's got a problem, just come and settle it. Stop being a. I'm not. I'm not into that keyboard shit. You know, like writing, giving each other arguments. I've never really argued on Facebook. So what was the crack with this Wilder and Fury standoff? What was all that about? Yeah, it was like twenty minutes, wasn't it? Like what? The, eh? Yeah, it was mad. You're gonna like, kiss, so. I can remember it. I seen it uh, advertised. Oh shit! I'm gonna watch that, and I, I clicked on just as I started squaring off. I was like, you know, is it gonna end or what? Is he gonna win again? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Is what? Is, is it true that Wilder is the worst ever heavyweight champion has ever been in terms of being technically good? Probably. Yeah. His, his boxing is shocking, but he's, is it he's really gone, that bad? He's got a massive right hand and he just knocks everyone out of it. But his boxing's technically shit. Yeah. Someone said he's the worst technical yeah. boxer there's ever been. Yeah, like, you know... I thought that was a bit harsh, that. He's not the worst boxer. I've seen a lot worse, but he's just got a massive overhand right, and he, if that connects, a lot of people are going to sleep. Obviously, Fury, 12th round, I don't know how he got up from that. That is the best thing. That was crazy. That, <laughs> when England won the cricket against New Zealand, remember, the World Cup with the last ever ball. Yeah. That, Ian Stanard winning them lot hit New Splat. And, and seeing that, the best things about it. Oh, yeah. and Liverpool, uh, Istanbul. And me beating Jimmy Sweeney. And you beating Jimmy <laughs> Sweeney. And you beating him again. Yes. No, yeah, that was crazy when he got up from that. He was like The Undertaker. Just unreal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just back from the dead. And then, you know, it's like... I'm back. He is unreal though, isn't he? Who's yeah. going to win out of him and Anthony Joshua? 100% uh, Tyson again. And do you want him to win? I'm Team Fury all the way. Oh, because aren't you, are you on MTK? Are you sponsored by them? Are you on there? No, I just got his T-shirt and that and... Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, just, I do love Tyson Fury and Billy Joe. Have you ever met him? No, but I reckon I will one day. His manager follows me on social media and he's replied to a few things. And I said, oh, are we going to get me some spam with Billy Joe one day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, possibly we're going to get some sorted. That'd be great. So if I, get, if I go against the Southpaw, it'd be perfect. I'll just get a kicking off Billy Joe, but I love it at the time. Because he's, he's, he's really good, oh, isn't he's he? he's so technical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what they were saying against when he fought the Mexican guy recently. Canelo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They said he's going to lose because Canelo's yeah. apparently supposed to be just next level. Oh, shit. he's unreal. He's Terminator, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. He's just. See, it's so interesting hearing someone who knows about. He's, yeah, every shot's just like a heavyweight. You can just see it, just like thud, bang, bang. It just walks through everything. Really? Billy Joe's like a good technical boxer. Like, he was smashing him with a jab, but it was just nothing. It was nothing. It was just taking him like nothing there. Fuck. He started getting comfortable, Billy Joe, and I was like, yeah, this is, go on, lad. And then he just stepped, like, he just literally, one round, he just went like that and just dropped him. Uh, well, just putting it on him, and that was it, stopped. Who's your favourite boxer of all time? Oh, 100% Joe Calzaghe. I was going to say him. Yeah, 100%. I love that style. It's he never unreal. lost, did he? No. And didn't he throw the most punches per round? Yeah. He was even, like, defended his belt with a broken hand and stuff. I just... His mindset and his story as well, you know, just getting taught by his dad. Yeah, yeah. His dad wasn't even a boxer, yeah. It was just more like going with the rhythm and with the music and stuff. And it was, oh, it's mint. I loved it. I love him. He's definitely don't get enough credit for... He doesn't. He goes yeah. under the radar, doesn't he now? Yeah, I know, yeah. He was one of the best, I thought. What was he, like 40 and 0, 39 and 0, something like that? Maybe he just wants to have a nice, quiet life. Maybe, yeah. Well, his dad passed away not long ago, didn't he? So, But for me, it's got to be Tyson Fury, just because yeah. I suffer from depression. I'm really open about it. Yeah. You know, I've had some really dark times, and uh, Tyson Fury, yeah. I put his motivational music on or his one of his YouTube videos, and it helps me. And just when he got up, I was just like, fucking... Yeah. You know, that that isn't just for... 
boxing, that's for everyone who suffers. Yeah, especially losing like how many stone? Ten stone or oh, something like that. Fuck it. I think it was more. Yeah. Do you reckon you could land a punch on him or would it just be impossible? Probably land a punch, but it would just tickle him. <laughs> Why? Is it because he can deflect them and he can get away from... Because you can't land anything on him, Because he's that big. He? He's just that big. He's massive, isn't he? He's like, what is he, six foot something? And he's got the reach. Yeah, he's just long, awkward. He's got that, that much weight behind him. He's just... Yeah, it's mad. He'll smash Joshua. You reckon? Yeah, definitely. I reckon in about five rounds. I've watched both of them that many times. I'm going to come over to yours to watch it. Yeah. So I, I want to watch definitely, it with yeah, someone yeah. who actually knows. Yeah, definitely. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I find it so interesting. Yeah. Thanks for driving over today. Yeah, it's been no worries. From Doncaster. I find it really interesting. And like I said, today is the one that I was like most excited for. Uh, I've had a two months off doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, Life's going good at the moment. I'm in a good place. Yeah, that's good. I've started training again a little bit. I'm going to get fit, getting to get coached by Josh Edmondson. He's got seamlesscoaching.co.uk. Give Josh a follow. He really knows his stuff. He used to ride for Team Sky. Yeah. And it's hot. It's sunny. Lockdown's over, guys. Everyone seems to be a bit happier at the moment. People seem to be going in the right direction. People seem to be, I think it's just natural, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Everyone just wants to crack on now, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Do you? I think yeah. it's like, you know, even just watching the football on a night now. Yeah. I'm happy watching Slovakia fucking Finland. Yeah, I know, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there's a crowd. <laughs> you know, there's a bit, yeah, exactly. Like people going to the pubs watching. There's a good little atmosphere. Everyone's buzzing again. The weather's nice. Are you much of a drinker? You're not bothered? No, not really, no. no. I don't mind the odd few now and again, you know, but yeah. don't really bother me. Especially when I'm in camp, I'm just focused. Focused. Because you've got to perform every session, so... If you you start having a drink, you just you can't perform the next day. You're going to be a bit look. When I get rusty. fit on the bike, I keep on saying this. I'd love to go out with you on the bike. Yeah, definitely. Honestly, I would love to. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love you to bring your bike over, come out with the lads, and we'll do a nice long ride. Definitely, I'd be well up for that. It'd be an absolute pleasure. Fourteenth uh, of August, did you say? Yeah, fourteenth of August. The rematch. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. I can't wait for that. If, if, if I don't come down, I'll definitely watch you. But I would really like to be there in person. Yeah. Because you're an absolute cracking guy. Thank you. You come across as, you know, someone who I really want to be friends with. Not in a weird way. Yeah. I ain't going to touch you. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake. But yeah, honestly, thanks so much, Rico. It's been great. And um, yeah, hope you all enjoyed the episode. Speak soon. Nice one. Thank you. The Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Subscribe now on iTunes and Spotify.